Chapter Nine of Nero the Circus Lion by Richard Barnum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kenneth Sargent Gagan. Chapter Nine. Nero scares a boy. Nero the Circus Lion was much larger now than when he had been caught in the jungle trap. Was very much surprised at what Don, the runaway dog, told him. At first, the lion boy could hardly believe that Don was not one of the circus animals. But as the lion, looking out through the bars of his cage, saw Don running about and none of the red-coated circus men trying to catch him, he said, Well, well, it must be true. He isn't a circus animal at all. And then to Don, the lion said, How did you happen to know Dido, the dancing bear? Well, well, that's a long story, answered Don. You can read all about me and how I ran away if you want to, for it's all in a book about a man wrote about me. Thank you, returned Nero, but I can't read, and I don't know what a book is anyhow. Well, I can't read either, said Don, but I know a book when I see one. The little boy in the house where I live goes to school, and he has books. Sometimes I carry them home for him in my mouth, so I know a book when I see one. But as long as you can't read about me, I'll just tell you that in the book the man wrote about how I ran away got locked in a freight car, how I went to a strange city and traveled about the country. It was then I met Dido, the dancing bear. Yes, that's right, growled Dido, licking his paws, for someone had thrown him a sugared popcorn ball, and some of the sweet, sticky stuff was still on the bear's paws. Dido wanted to get all of it out. It was then you met me, Don, went on the dancing bear. We certainly had some fine times together. Indeed we did, replied the runaway dog, though I should not call him that any more, as he ran back again, as you all know, and he was now living in a nice home. And when I was down at the butcher shop this morning and saw the circus wagons come from the railroad yard, I thought maybe I'll see you again, Dido, so I came here as soon as I could. I'm glad you did, said the bear. This lion chap is named Nero. He hasn't been out of the jungle very long. Oh, I'm glad to meet you, Nero, barked Don. I always like circus animals. I'm glad you do, growled Nero in his most jolly voice. I think I shall like you, too, Don. Though I don't know much about dogs, I never saw one in the jungle. And this was true, for though there are some dogs in Africa, they are mostly in cities or the towns where the native black men live. There may be some wild dogs in the jungle, but Nero never saw any, and the nearest he ever came to noticing animals like a dog were the black back jackals there are animals almost like a dog and in fact there are something like the azra dogs of south america and now nero asked on if he was a jackal the runaway dog soon told the circus lion a different story and then they were friends don and dido had a nice visit together in a circus tent before the show began don had simply slipped under the side of the tent to get in many of the circus men saw him they did not mind for dogs often come around when the circus shows are given. Perhaps they like to see the elephants and other strange animals as much as the boys and girls do. After a while, great crowds of people began coming into the circus tent. The band played music in another tent next door, and it was there that the men and women performers would do their tricks, riding on the back of galloping horses, leaping about on trapezes, jumping over the backs of elephants, and so on. Nero paced back and forth in his cage, wondering what was going to happen. But this was his first day of real life in the circus. All the other days had been just getting ready for the summer shows. He liked the parade through the city streets. 
when the elephants, horses, and camels wore such bright and gaily colored blankets, now something else was going to happen. The animal tent in which stood Nero's cage was that of another jungle folk, was soon filled with boys and girls and their fathers and mothers, all whom had come to the circus. They moved from cage to cage, stopping to toss popcorn balls to Dido, the dancing bear, and feed peanuts to Tum-Tum, the jolly elephant, and to the friends of Mappo and some of the merry monkeys. Coming to the cage of the big lion, boys and girls would stop and look in, and perhaps someone would say, Oh, isn't he big and fierce? I wouldn't want to go into his cage. And perhaps someone else would answer, Oh, I guess he's trained lion, maybe. He does tricks. When I grow up, I'm going to be a lion tamer. Of course, Nero did not understand any of this talk, but he liked to look at the boys and girls. He was not nearly as wild as he had been when he lived in the jungle. Nero was really quite tame. He liked his trainer very much, for the man was kind to Nero. Pretty soon all the people, even the boys and girls, went out of the animal tent, leaving the animals almost alone. Where have they gone? asked Nero of Tito. Oh, into the other tent where the music is playing, where the performance is going on. You shall be going in there too, and so shall I. What for? answered Nero. To do your tricks, answered the bear. That is why you were taught to do them, just as I was taught to dance so we can make fun and jolly times for the boys and girls. Wait and you'll see. And surely enough, a little later, Nero's cage was moved into the larger tent, next to the one where the animals were kept, and then Nero's trainer came in and spoke to him. Well, Nero, said the man, now we're going to see if you can do your tricks before a whole crowd, as nicely as you did them in the barn at Bridgeport. Don't grow excited. I'm a friend of yours. Now do your best. And the boys and girls will laugh and clap their hands. So the keeper opened the door of the lion's cage and went inside. As soon as he did this, several of the boys and girls and the big folks too gasped, and somebody said, Oh, isn't that terrible? I wouldn't go into that cage of a real live lion for anything. You see, they didn't know Nero was quite tame, and that the jungle beast liked the man who fed him and was kind to him. Now do your tricks, Nero, said the trainer. And Nero did. He jumped over a stick stood up on his hind legs and put his paws on the trainer's shoulders, making believe to kiss the man, though of course he only touched the man's cheek with his cold, damp nose, just as sometimes your dog puts his nose against your cheek to show how much he likes you. Next, Nero stood up on a sort of upside-down washtub, and after that he jumped through a hoop covered with paper. And now, ladies and gentlemen, said the trainer, speaking to the circus crowd, I will do the best trick of all. I will have Nero my pet lion opened his mouth as wide as he can, and I will put my head inside. And then all of a sudden, some little boy in the crowd piped up and cried out, Oh, mister, don't do that. He might bite your head off. Everybody laughed at that, even Nero's trainer, who said, Well, I'm not afraid Nero's a good lion and wouldn't bite me. Come on now, old fellow, for the last and best trick of all, cried the man. And he cracked his whip, though, of course, he didn't strike Nero with it. Turk's lion knew just what to do, for he had been trained in this trick. I didn't say anything about it before because I was saving it as a surprise for you. Open your mouth, suddenly cried the trainer, and Nero opened his jaws as wide as he could. Ah, oh, look, cried the people as they saw this big red tongue and the white, sharp teeth. Now, cried the trainer, and into the lion's mouth he popped his head. Everybody in the big circus tent was quiet for a moment, and then all the crowd cried out and clapped their hands and stammered their shoes on the wooden steps beneath their feet. There, you see how tame my lion is, cried the trainer. 
as he pulled his head from Nero's mouth and bowed to the people who were still clapping and whistling. You're a good lion, said the trainer to Nero in a low voice. Now you shall have some nice piece of meat, a sweet bone to gnaw, and a good drink of water. You did your first tricks very well indeed. Nero did not quite know what it was all about, but he felt that he had done well. It did not hurt him to open his mouth and let the man put his head in, but it tickled the lion's tongue a little, so that Nero wanted to sneeze, and that would have been a good thing for the trainer. However, Nero didn't do it. What makes the people make so much noise? Nero asked of Tito, the dancing bear, who came into the larger tent just then. Oh, they because they liked your tricks, was the answer. They always clap and stamp their feet when anything pleases them. They do that when I dance on the platform on Tum Tum's back. Surely enough, the crowds did. They liked the tricks of Dito, the dancing bear, as much as those of Nero. After a while, Nero's cage was wheeled back into the tent where the wagons of the other animals kept, and Nero was given some good things to eat, fresh water to drink. Then he felt happy and fell asleep. So Nero began his circus life, and he kept it up all, all that summer. He traveled about from place to place, and soon became used to doing his tricks, having the man put his head into his mouth, and seeing the crowds show their surprise. One day, the show was being given in a large city, there was a big crowd in the animal tent near Nero's cage, for some boys, and I'm sorry to say they were not all kind boys, though perhaps they didn't know any better, one of the boys had a rotten apple in his hand, and he said to another lad, I'm going to give this rotten apple to one of those elephants. See what a funny face he makes when he chews it. That'll be a lot of fun, said the second boy. I don't myself call that fun. It isn't fair to fool animals when you know so much more than they do. However, we'll see what happens. Nero saw the boys standing near his cage, and he heard them talking. Though he did not know, of course, what they were talking about. But he could smell the rotten apple. Often in the jungle he had smelled bad fruit, and he knew that the monkeys would not eat it. If bad fruit isn't good for monkeys, it isn't good for elephants, thought Nero. As he saw the boy hold out the rotten apple toward Tum-Tum, the jolly elephant, Tum-Tum reached out his trunk to take what he thought was something good, but Nero roared in animal language, of course. Don't take that apple, Tum-Tum, it's bad. And then Nero sprang against the bars of his cage and reached out a paw with its long, sharp claws made a grab for the boy's arm as he held out the rotten apple. Look out, the lion's going to bite you, cried a man to the boy, and the boy was so frightened that he gave a howl and dropped the rotten apple and ran through the crowd, knocking to the right and left everyone in his way. Nero roared again and dashed against the bars of his cage. And while women and children screamed and men shouted, Nero's keeper and some of the other animal men ran up to see what the matter was. Ah, there was great excitement in the circus tent. End of chapter 9 Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan